Hello and welcome to the Cove's Body, Mind and Soul series. In this episode, we will be looking at Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander spirituality. Our guest speaker today is Chaplain Clint McGoldrick. Captain McGoldrick is a proud Indigenous descendant of the Warrimah people of Foster Tuncurry in central north New South Wales and is due to be ordained as a deacon within the Catholic Archdiocese of Brisbane later this year. In the early 2000s, he was a combat engineer and has recently returned to military life as a chaplain. We are also joined today by Chaplain Isaac Khan, who will be assisting us with the interview. Padre, welcome and thanks for supporting the Cove. My first question to you is, what is Aboriginal and Torres Strait spirituality religion and can you provide a brief view of ATSI framework? Thank you for having me. Indigenous spirituality is what I'll refer to it uh, as uh, for the, this uh, meeting, but it is a connection to a land. So it's not the land, it's, it's a land. So around Australia, we have over 300 uh, language groups, so different mobs as we call them, so different speaking groups. Um, and they all are within a certain landscape, so they belong to a certain part of the Australian continent, and that area that they occupy is identifiable by natural features of the land, so that hill, that river, um, etc. And what the Indigenous people of certain lands have is contact with the creation narrative of uh, of time. So at the start of time, ancestral beings created the earth, so the original inhabitants of the world and what they did was they passed on laws for looking after that land to the to what then became the caretakers of that land and essentially the spirituality side of it is the continuation of those stories through the generations of a place um, and with that um, in terms of a framework we have law which is law um, and they're the, the physical laws of how to care for country. Um, but then we also have law, L-O-R-E, which is the ability to be able to do those duties for carrying out the land. I, I, I put to the people that I engage with that Indigenous people have a spiritual dreaming, um, but also a physical dreaming. So their physical dreaming is their law, L-O-R-E, their, their everyday existence on the land and their duties, but then also they have connection to a spiritual dreaming, which is their stories, their ancestors, and they bring both of those together with ritual, and they they connect to their ancestors. And instead of saying everywhere, um, I say every when. So it's timeless. It's a timeless connection to their story. Oh, what a great description! Thank you. How does Indigenous spirituality support a believer and what difference does it make to the individual? So an Indigenous person um, who is connected to their lands um, is connected to their spirituality. Their spirituality comes from a connection to the land. And along with that comes community, so people who share the, the same stories or the same laws. The second part of your question there is is more about when an Indigenous person does not have that connection to land, um, and that's where people cannot connect to their spirit, um, and that can be quite problematic 
certainly um, with the history of Australian colonisation, for example, many Indigenous people were moved around the country for various reasons and they were disconnected from their spirituality. So they weren't able to connect with their stories, with their ancestral spirits, etc. And for defence, you know, from a pastoral and spiritual care perspective for chaplains, for example, or even Indigenous liaison officers so the, within the ILO network, or even commanders, when you have an Indigenous soldier in front of you, we need to know where they're from because if they're not from local, we know that there's going to be some spiritual pastoral issues along the way. Okay, great point. Uh, how does Indigenous spirituality support defence capability? From a soldier point of view, I, I, you're going to... It's fair to say that if an Indigenous soldier presents and passes the rigorous tests to get into uh, the Defence Force, that you're going to have a soldier that can be moulded and have capability. And I guess with any soldier that you have, if they're at their best pastorally, physically, spiritually, mentally, um, they're, they're better able and have better capabilities. Uh, so I guess with an Indigenous soldier... If that pastoral spiritual care for somebody who's off country or, you know, we've got initiatives put in place so that that person can connect more regularly with family or those pastoral initiatives that support people, that's going to be the best situation for any unit. From a holistic point of view, many of our operations in Australia are domestic at the moment. So, um, we, we've seen even this year a lot of domestic deployments uh, with with fires last year, floods this year, and we are going onto the countries of Indigenous peoples. Um, and I guess the conversations and the knowledge that we have towards soldiers can also then be relational in terms of we can take them over to entering into people's lands and. Um, knowing that country, knowing the stories, the people's names, sacred places of that of, of that region, but also communicating with communities, you know, points of reference, uh, local contacts, who to go to uh, for social pastoral support, etc. So many capabilities between soldiers and as as a force. How can a local commander support someone of indigenous spirituality? The first thing, and I guess it's, it's, you would do this for everybody, but the first point would be to ask who that person is. You know, where are they from? You know, what is their story? And, and, and listening intently to, um, and having that open-mindedness or that respect of other people's beliefs. And that, you know, Indigenous people have lived their whole lives in that belief. And sometimes it's a bit, um, it's a bit foreign for people who haven't lived that life to understand it. So being very open-minded to listening to an Indigenous member's stories and also listening to what is important to them um, in terms of family connections, being on land um, if they know their stories, um, but also the family supports. Also involving them in the the life of the unit. Um, also, you'll find that a lot of Indigenous people uh, are quite social. Uh, they have a lot of 
skills in relation uh, relationships or being relational with other people. Um, and so they're always good to have in positions where we're looking to improve morale in the unit or we're looking to engage different parts of the unit to come together. Padre Khan, sir, any questions from you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Clint, that was um, really fascinating to listen to. I thoroughly enjoyed that. In um, 2012 and 2013, I participated in a couple of ACAP projects, uh, one in Lombardina Peninsula and the um, sort of more the western Western Australia. Yeah. And, and the second one was in the AP Wirelands. And well, I just loved it. It was such an eye-opener for me as I saw the the depth of spirituality in the communities. And, and I was actually quite surprised at the number of folk, you know, went to church or had a connection to uh, sort of the long-standing missions that were in those places. So I'm very, very aware that, that not everyone will have a uh, Christian connection as such. And, and some will also probably will have a very distinctively indigenous expression of, um, of the Christianity or, or other ones. And that may not be Christianity. Uh, so, um, you know, n- noting that uh, my observation was that indigenous folk, you know, can be quite, quite diverse, you know, mm-hmm. so um, e- even those who are uh, Christians or have Christian connections, you know, if yep. if they are expressing their, their Christian faith, you know, um, in, say, a, a field service or something like that, how can we be mindful of that and, and be encouraging the indigenous expression of their faith? And noting also that, that not not all of them will have a, a Christian experience, you know, even though uh, you know they may have had experiences or connections with with missions or, or churches. Yes. Yeah, I would certainly from um, so as a Catholic minister myself, I I try to incorporate mindfulness into a lot of what we do and in terms of being present in the moment and being connected to a place. Uh-huh. Uh, and certainly that's a Indigenous strategy or e- even a tool that Indigenous people have used for thousands of years to to just be still and mindful and be present. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's of late it's been coined as the Deary. But certainly that, um, that can be incorporated into different services um, and Definitely in the Christian perspective, there are um, similar practices. In terms of approaching, in, like, certainly um, in, in my experience, there, it's been 50-50. You know, there has been an unfortunate history within Australia with the involvement of complicitness with churches in the, in the policy of the government of the day. But on the other side of that too, you know, we talk about the Christian message of hope. Mm-hmm. And many Indigenous people are attracted to that hope that, um, you know, that there is a God or there is a, there is a, a, a person or a, a narrative of Jesus who goes to the edges and goes to the people who are disenfranchised and, you know, who are poor in spirit, poor in mind. And that hope uh, is very attractive to many communities. So, you know, I guess it's. I personally go with the glass half full as opposed to glass half empty. Um, yeah. And, and, and I like to just be, you know, I like to work in hope as well, just to to provide that positivity and that 
and bringing joy out those positive messages from the Gospels to for all people, but certainly Indigenous people if they're open to it. Right. Thanks. Yeah, that's well said. Padre, is there any final points you want to raise before we close it off? No, not from me. No, nothing from me. Thank you for the opportunity to come on board, but uh, if, you, if, you, if you do find yourself somewhere in, um, in the Defence Force in Australia or overseas and you, you wanted to know more about this, certainly this year the, the chaplains are, are being empowered with um, knowledge that, to add to their already uh, existing knowledges, but also the RILO network. Um, the RILO network within, so that's uh, regional Indigenous liaison officers, uh, they're they're concerned with connecting to community. So if you are in a in a position and you want to connect to the Indigenous community, certainly your RILO officer is the best place to, to start the conversation. Well, fantastic. Thanks, Padre, uh, and thank you for your time today. We are very grateful right. for, for the very valuable information you've provided, and I'm sure this will definitely assist our listeners. We also thank our listeners for tuning in. Our next talk will be on the Islamic faith. If you have any questions, please feel free in contacting soldiercove at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to you. Don't forget to download the Cove app. It's PME in your pocket anywhere, anytime.